Why, hello, ACAC family. I bid you greetings from the Fellowship 412 over in Homestead, where my pastor is none other than my sweetheart, Pastor Sheldon Williams. All right. Let me dive right in. Since it's Mother's Day, first, let me uh, please allow me to um, send a shout out to my superhero, my world-class mama, LaCrease Roston, who is also representing over at Fellowship 412. <laughs> yes, she needs a shout out. <laughs> I love her. She is the greatest of all time, and that is all. Then to my wonderful mother-in-law, Barbara Humphreys, down in Mississippi. I love her as well. Um, love her from my heart and I call her my mother in love because I just love her and it's not the law that binds us but the love that we have. I also need to say happy Mother's Day to all the superheroes represented in this room that we call mom. If you're watching via video or Facebook Live and over at Fellowship 412, I'll say that one more time, hats off to all of you and happy Mommy's Day Mamas. If your mom is still with us, please make plans to celebrate her um, in the best way that you can. Make her know that she's appreciated. Live in the no regrets because there are many people who wish that they could do that. And regardless of the dynamics of your relationship, everybody misses their mama when she's gone. So I absolutely love our church. Um, and now I have to call you my extended family, but we still love you with all our hearts. Um, I give a shout out to my senior pastor, who I call P-Rock. And uh, Karen Dilliman for actually trusting me with a mic. <laughs> All right, so one more time, I got to say hello to my Fellowship 412 family, um, who I know has transformed the movie theater over there into a most holy place. So I've been in school, I, I've been a school teacher for over 20 years. So please forgive me if I turn this place into my classroom and just flow with me, okay? All right, I'm going. I'd like to encourage your hearts, and in order to do that, today we're going to spend some time talking about guilt. Although this is a topic that speaks to people no matter where you may fall on the family tree, in freeing ourselves from the stain of shame and guilt, <laughs> the hope and prayer is that you recognize you were made for this, and guilt has got to go. The scripture reference for our walk through the word is found in Romans 8 and 1, and it reads, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because here God reminds us that we must renounce guilt in order to receive the blessings of God. Please join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to delve into your word together as a family. We ask you to meet us here. Allow your Holy Spirit to guide every word that comes out of my mouth. Hide flesh behind your cross and don't allow it to glory in your sight, but be blessed by everything that's said and done in this place tonight. Help it to be transformative. Help it to change someone's life and just be with us. We love you, we bless you, and we honor you. And in your wonderful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And as we study God's word, may the Lord be with you. All right, so I need to ask, how many of you have ever experienced guilt? Don't be scared. Raise your hands high. Because the reality is most, if not all of us, at some point in our life will experience guilt. Guilt is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as a feeling of having done wrong or failed in an obligation. So take a minute, make obligation a blank, right? And fill it in with what you'd like. Having done wrong or failed at school, having done wrong or failed at work, at your familial relationships, at your friendships, the list goes on. Today being Mother's Day, I'm gonna tag mom on the front of guilt 
because mom guilt is also running rampant. Then the definition becomes having done wrong or failed at motherhood. And who wants to fail at motherhood? I also asked the room, what is your biggest regret? And I'll ask mothers, what is your biggest regret as a mother? Does it have something to do with working, not cleaning the house, missing those first steps, that first tooth, dropping them off at daycare, not nursing long enough, feeding them pizza and fries instead of organic, non-GMO, homogenated, monoethyl, unchlorinated food? Was it more serious, like dealing with postpartum and not being able to bond with your baby, abandoning your children in the pursuit of a career, a substance, or even a man? Do you even feel guilty for taking a break, taking a nap, pampering yourself? If any of these apply to you, you are not alone. According to a very non-scientific study by babycenter.com, 94% of mothers surveyed experience guilt for one reason or another. Regardless of what causes guilt, and especially mom guilt, our, our purpose today is to focus on what God says about it and about you. So where does guilt originate? It can be internally or externally induced, but sometimes guilt originates out of the love we feel for one another and the desire to heal and not, work, and not hurt. Sorry. Our intentions are good, but the actions don't play out the wonderful way we saw them playing out in our head. Let me give you a Mother's Day example. So, fellas, if you go and buy your wife a membership to the gym that she did not ask for, I can see that not playing out so well. So mom guilt also originates out of the overwhelming, overabundant love a mother has for her child. The love that takes over her heart to the point where she can't even think straight when it comes to her children. The love that allows a little teeny tiny 100 pound woman to lift a car off her baby, to chase a bear, or even beat off a carjacker when her baby's in the car. The love that protects, provides, and prepares her children for a prominent future. Then there's the enemy who hears what you speak into the atmosphere because yes, your words have power and when we say things like, I can deal with anything but don't mess with my kids, or Oh, I love my children with all my heart. The enemy hears the love and the commitment behind those statements, but he also hears the fear. So he throws in insecurity, shame, and doubt. The enemy coaxes us to trust ourselves and our abilities instead of trusting God. Because the Bible clearly tells us to lean not to our own understanding and in all our ways to acknowledge God and he will direct our paths. This overly self-assured new age makes us question if we're doing it right and if we know what we're doing at all. There's no license for motherhood or even for life. There's no book that can give you the step-by-step guide on how to parent correctly. So we fail miserably when we see ourselves instead of God as the expert. We overcompensate at times in the pursuit of being a good parent. We overpurchase, overspoil, and overshelter our kids thinking we know what's best for them when it's God who has their best interest at heart. We feel good when we do it, and we even feel better when we share it. Social media is overrun with over-the-top baby birthday parties that they won't even remember. We got those first day of school outfits, the Christmas morning gift show-offs, and I know because I'm guilty of all of it. Anybody on my Facebook page knows I'm going to blast my kids. 
And I do it because I love them. And I just want to like shout it from the mountaintop and the only mountain I'm willing to climb is Facebook right now. So that's, that's where I go. Okay. But this new age look at me parenting is also why no matter how well we parent, we can still experience guilt. It just never seems like enough. We have so many reasons to feel guilty. I read that some of the majors for moms are not having a clean house, working, using TV as a babysitter, sending your child to childcare. How about yelling at your baby? Oh, mm, I'm in trouble. And not being able to afford their wants after their needs are met. Shell and I have three adults, and although our baby is 22, I still hold on to some of my mom guilt. So I know this may sound frivolous to some, but let me add this. Although suicide occurs more often for men, the suicide rate for women has increased by approximately 45% in the last 10 years. Let that sit with you for a minute. A 2014 CDC stat uh, exposes that suicide was occurring for almost six out of every 100,000 women. Allow me to add perspective for that. So if Heinz Field was filled with all women, almost six of them would be willing to take their own life. I know that's not the only, guilt is not the only reason for that, but I know it's a major factor and it has got to go. We bear guilt over things we have accomplished as well as guilt over things we think we should have accomplished by now. We feel guilt about how we parent, how we love, how we talk to one another. There's so many reasons to feel guilty, but let's add a quick perspective shift. To those of you who don't know, Pastor Shell and I have what we have termed six perfect people. If you have grandchildren, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't have grandchildren, you'll know when your children have children. Grandchildren are flawless. They almost act as a do-over for all the mistakes, at least I made, with those crash test babies I had in the first place. And the bonus is, I get to love on them, sugar them up, and send them home. So we have six of these perfect people, and Brooklyn was our fourth, and she was a baby with a congenital heart defect. She lived in Children's Hospital for 596 days, shout out to CHP, and we lovingly gave her the hashtag beautiful Brooklyn or Brookie. I can't help but to think of the mom guilt that my daughter must have, uh, must have suffered in the decisions that she made concerning the care of Brooklyn. So my very young daughter was told during her pregnancy that her baby had a congenital heart defects. It wasn't a surprise to us. And they tell you this because they expect you to, you know, choose to either have an abortion or either way it goes. Um, the wonderful thing is my baby chose to carry her baby to almost to full term. Then there was a decision to perform the first surgery, which was to remove Brooklyn's, Brooklyn's uh, necrotic intestines. Then there was the decision to add a trach. Then there was the decision to add an NG. Then there were a ton of uh, other guilt-inducing decisions that Sheltaya had to make between there. Then there was that final decision she had to make of whether or not to resuscitate if Brooklyn suffered a fifth cardiac arrest. 
Mom guilt would say, of course you need to revive my baby by any means necessary, keep her here. And honestly, Taya has said that over and over again over the course of Brookie's stay. However, this time her love recognized the bruises that were on Brooklyn's little chest from the powerful compressions that were performed by that medical team earlier in the week. Love saw the little trace of blood that was around Brookie's trach, which was separated by the mere force of the life-saving techniques that were being performed on her little body. Love saw the look of total exhaustion in Brookie's eyes when she hadn't smiled for two weeks straight, and she just couldn't engage with us. And anybody who's followed Brooklyn knows that that's just not her. And in the blink of an eye, I watched my daughter become a woman, a true mother, as she asked the doctors, will this hurt my baby? And then she told them, don't do anything that will hurt my baby. She was able to see her, past her pain of losing her first precious gift and protect that baby by saying, do not resuscitate, but rather put my baby in my arms and allow Jesus to take her into his. A loving decision was made by a loving parent who had to say enough is enough for her baby. And I'm sure the enemy has tried to play in the playground of her mind over and over again, but I speak against that now because her decision was the right one. We give God the glory that Shaltea was able to spend six straight hours holding her baby in her arms. We were able to make this beautiful plaster cast of Taya's hand holding Brookie's little foot, and I will be able to cherish that forever. Our entire family was able to surround her for those last moments and to say goodbye for now to us and many of your sweet princess. I share all of that not to make you weep or feel sorry for us, but rather to let you know that guilt that condemns has got to go. God came to give us life and life more abundantly. He said he is the son that was sent to set us free and that freedom means you are free indeed. In the words of my friend Ryan, hashtag indeed, which means you're no longer a slave to the sin or the guilt, but free indeed. Help me out. Hashtag indeed. amen. And there is therefore now no condemnation because all things work together for the good of them that love God and are the called according to his purpose because you were called for this. Now, how many people struggle on a daily basis to have a baby? How many people go to clinic after clinic? They go to appointment after appointment. And no, I'm not knocking any of these endeavors because I think it's a beautiful thing and it was all created by God. He is not surprised by our newfangled science and technology. He doesn't look at us on the internet and be like, wow, where'd they get that? <laughs> but if you're a fertile myrtle like me, you may want to thank God even when it looks like another child is the last thing you need at this time. Let me, let me remind you that God has trusted you with this baby. You were made for this. I heard Pastor Rock say what God requires, he provides for. He's given you his word, which is his promise that he will never leave you nor forsake you and that you are more than a conqueror. So with that, I say, do the doggone thing. And again, I stress you were made for this. Treat those children like they're gold and love them so much it makes them sick. But I digress. I also say, and the word also says, don't spoil the rod, to sp don't spare the rod to spoil the child. Build their self-esteem, but if you spank them, they shall not die. 
The Bible says whom he loves, he chastens. So if God is willing to chasten us, let's be willing to chasten our children. Chasten is discipline in Bibleese. Trust that God has equipped you with everything you need to parent those babies. That if he requires that you do it, he'll provide the blueprint to get it done. The question is, will you follow his plan? Will you dwell in your power to buy that organic polyinstro monophosphonated food? Or will you trust God to bless every scrap you're willing you're able to put on the table? Will you dwell in your power to teach the children how to read, write, and follow directions? Or will you trust God to give you exactly what each of your individual children need to be a success in the eyes of both God and society? Will you trust in your power to buy them the next new hot toy and shoe and clothes or whatever? Or will you trust God to provide for all your needs according to his riches and glory? I'm not saying don't focus on literacy, um, buy them anything or feed them well. I'm saying allow God to guide you as a parent and trust and know that he has your and their best interest at heart. I know Taya could not have made her truly life-altering decisions without trusting God. And she wouldn't be at peace with it if God wasn't in it. So I implore you to do the same. Now I got to give a shout out to all the moms. All the late night warriors who must sacrifice self in order to make life better for their babies. Maybe you work overnight. Maybe you're so busy preparing their life that you find yourself in the middle of Walmart in your pajamas. <laughs> the ones who take on the laundry war, the dinner debacle, and the bedtime blues so well you make it look easy. You, mom, are the real MVP. The most valuable parent. Sorry, guys. It's Mother's Day. You wear the S on your chest and you take care of business with pride and boldness. If you're struggling and even if you feel you're doing it well, turn your parenting over to God. Ask him to guide your every choice and decision. Praise God for the blessing of being a mom, for the opportunity to mold rambunctious little people into productive members of society. And take your job seriously, but remember to recognize the privilege it is to be blessed and trusted to care for God's child. There's truly no greater honor. Then as we're giving accolades, I have to honor those uh, parents of precious babies with special needs. I watched my daughter fight a fight I, many just couldn't handle. When you live with a baby with special needs, you learn to cherish those things others take for granted. For example, when our Brooklyn said, hi, and good, on command, we almost passed out. When she picked up her own pacifier, we lost it. And when she held up her head, and if any of you remember, she turned it ever so slowly. The screams and the tears could be heard all over the world and especially on social media. Special needs parents, we honor you and celebrate you because, see, moms are like superheroes, right? I've already said that. But you are, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Marvel fan, I'm sorry, but you are equivalent to, like, if Superman and Batman, Iron Man, Black Panther, and the Hulk were merged into one invincible being. You're rock stars, right? Celebrities, and you're just plain amazing. Uh, we not only honor you, but we take a little bit of your excitement for those little milestones to our children because it shifts our perspective to the positive. I have a quick story about one of our neighbors in the SICU who came upstairs crying. We were wondering why she was crying, and she said she was crying because somebody in the cafeteria was yelling at her baby for crying. She said, if only I could hear my baby cry. Perspective shift. I also want to give a shout out to the stunt women. 
Let me explain who they are. These are the ones who take on the responsibility for caring for a child as if he or she was your own. For loving a child when they needed it, for teaching, building, supporting, and mentoring a child, you too are honored and loved. Finally, to those of you who have lost a child, to those of you carrying a hole in your soul in the shape of your precious baby, whether by chance or by choice, I pray God's healing over your broken heart and spirit. Recognize that you're not alone. Find a support group, a support system, or counselor, and allow God to heal you from the inside out. We have the Christian Counselors Collaborative here. We have a grief share. We also have uh, Forgiven and Set Free over at the Women's Choice Network. Use them to your advantage. I know that pain, and it's a pain I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. The guilt, the remorse, the shame, the pain, the grief, the shoulda, woulda, couldas, yeah, no. The enemy would like for you to wallow there, but if God has given you a season or just a short window with your baby, try to see the blessing in it. If you lost your baby by chance, I speak life to you now and believe God to mend the broken pieces of your heart. I also ask God to remind you of the wonderful memories that were the blessings of being a mom for the short amount of time you were granted. Whether it was to increase your love, your compassion, to build appreciation for the other children you have, to make you love those young people in your life, or for you to walk someone else through it. There's purpose in your pain and God will reveal it in due time. Out of your mess, you'll get a message because out of your test, you got a testimony. The loss of Brooklyn has left this unexplainable pain and ache that just won't go away for all of us. My daughter equates it to having your heart ripped out of your chest, torn into pieces, taped back together, and then pushed back in. It's a constant state of having the wind knocked out of you, but God is faithful. God holds both the hand and the heart of those who are in pain. He loves you and he loves your child, his child. So even if you're still weeping in the night like we are, look for the many glimpses of joy that will come in the morning. Now I'd love to speak a blessing over every mom. Mom, guilt be gone and mom, grace be abundant. Trust God to teach you to be the best mom you can for the children he's placed in your life. Remember they're on loan to you from a loving God who sees just what they need inside of you. Cherish every moment and be open to learn as much as you teach, to live, to love, to laugh hard. I mean like tears running down your face I'm almost not gonna make it kind of laughter okay remember to build and not break lift and not lower and to be everything God has called you to be in the area of parenting I charge you to train up your children in the way that they should go to teach them all that God has taught you to be their support and to love them like you've never loved before if you're carrying guilt for how you messed up in the past this is redemption day God is a forgiving God, and your children believe you're the best thing since sliced bread anyway. So repent, ask for your children's uh, forgiveness if need be, then forgive yourself and be the great individual, the great mom God designed you to be because you were made for this. God bless you all.